Hi, I'm Todd from Finish Line Financial, and this is Retirement Secrets, where we talk about what it takes to retire like you're a multimillionaire. Setting yourself up for a thriving retirement is easier than you think. And if you want to set yourself up for success and your family up for success, then you should be aware of some of the hidden risks of keeping your estate plan a secret from your own children. In today's Retirement Secrets, Lisa Walters is going to share with you some practical advice on when to get your own children involved with your estate plan. Lisa is a shareholder at the law firm of Cousins Lansky, where she focuses her legal practice on all things related to estate planning. Everything from elder law, probate avoidance, tax planning, and a whole lot more. And make sure you listen until the end where Lisa gives you a free tip on a practical step you can take today. Here is my interview with Lisa Walters. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Retirement Secrets Podcast. Thanks, Todd. Happy to be here. You know, we recommend that uh, that everybody have an estate plan, at least the three key documents. Uh, the You have a will. There's a couple of the powers of attorney for ones for healthcare, ones for financial. And Lisa, I um, over the holidays I was uh, with a, with some uh, close friends of mine and my wife, and we had this little conversation. And my 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 best buddy was telling me that a few years ago they had done their estate plan when their kids were younger, but now here he is in his late fifties. His children are now in their late twenties. And um, and he was asking me about, well, how do you know when it's time to maybe have your kids get involved in being the fiduciaries or decision makers in some of your, your documents of your estate plan? And I, I know, Lisa, from our previous conversation, you've experienced uh, that particular issue yourself, right? I have. Actually, during COVID, we updated our estate plan, just like most people, and at that point, my kids, I think, were 22 and 24, um, and we had not done documents since they had been young and had you know, different family members in charge of the decision-making. And we started thinking about it that, well, they're old enough, and it's their parents, and if you know somebody's going to decide whether I live or die, would I want it to be my brother or would I want it to be my kids? Yeah. And we asked the kids. We, we involved them. We said, do you want to do this? Are you comfortable? Do you want help with the money aspect? And they did say, you know, I, I didn't want them handling the money all by themselves. So I let them choose who they would work with. It was, of course, somebody we approved. Yeah. But, um, you know, I thought that was a good idea. That way they could have somebody more experienced to help them with things they may not be familiar with. And if they were capable of doing it, that third party could just back out. So it's really just a what feels right at the time based on your children and their maturity level and their experience level. So, so with you then, if I'm understanding you correctly, it sounds like for financial decisions, you had decided to have somebody beside your children make those decisions for you should the time come, but you wanted to get your kids um, input on who those individuals might be. So could you be, be, maybe be just a little bit more specific um, on what, what responsibilities you've given to your children should the time come? Like what would they actually be doing for you? Sure. Sure. Well, my kids, if obviously my husband and I name each other first. Well, not obviously, I guess it's not for everybody, but most people. Um, but if one of us were incapable of acting for the other, for medical decisions, the two kids together would step in and make the decisions. So mm. if I you know, needed surgery or something, I couldn't consent to it, they would make those decisions. And I'm really comfortable with that 
my kids have good heads on their shoulders. One's a nurse. So, mm, there you, <laughs> you know, go. There's medical experience, you know, a brand new nurse, but still, but for the money, again, you know, they're just starting out. They're both working. They're both earning. They're both you know, learning how to invest their own savings and pay bills. And again, I just didn't want to overwhelm them because if we die, there's more money than they'll be used to. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted them to have a good, you know, sort of teacher with them that could take on the responsibility if need be and, right. and sort of work them into it. That's a, that's a great point, too, that um, if, if that situation comes along and, you know, one of you passes away or both of you passes away, you know, the children, even though they're they're wicked smart, they're also going through a grieving process themselves, right? So at that moment when all these all of a sudden responsibilities come in, dealing with the estate and houses and accounts and all of that, they're just trying to, you know, they may not know it now, but they're just trying to grieve themselves. So have something else, having somebody else alongside of them, that seems to be like a, a smart idea, at least, you know, for your situation. Yeah, no, we thought it was beneficial. And we trust the people we named. We actually let them, I think, I don't know if I said we let them pick, but, you know, it was somebody we approved, obviously, <laughs> wasn't their best friend. And I, I fully trust the people we chose. And if they feel the kids are capable of handling it themselves, they would back out. So, Lisa, it's sort of interesting because we're talking about um, you're talking about children that have recently become adults and have the ability to make decisions. But what about the other end of the spectrum? What if um, you've already created an estate plan and you already have these powers of attorney or wills or maybe even trust? And maybe once upon a time when you created them, you may have named, let's say, mom or dad. And now here we are years later and mom and dad love them to death. Um, but perhaps maybe they're a little bit older now. And is there some considerations you know, from a family perspective that you ought to think about if you've named perhaps your parents and they've gotten up a little bit further in age? Absolutely. That is one of the most common calls I get from clients saying that, hey, you know, we named our parents and they're getting older and I don't know that they could handle it anymore. And what are our options? And then we start looking at, is it siblings? Is it, are the kids ready for it? You know, again, my parents were named in my documents as the financial, you know, fiduciary. But again, that was, over, you know, almost 20 years ago and they're 20 years older and yeah. they're, probably not going to be getting better, I hate to say. Yeah. And I don't want to burden them with that anymore. So that is definitely a consideration. Did you, if you don't mind me asking, did did you have that conversation with, with your parents or yeah. is it just something done? I didn't. Yeah. I just, you know, they don't, they don't, I don't even know if they knew that. I mean, they don't, I don't even think they knew they were named, yeah. you know, so, but you know, they were the guardians. They were, you know, it's not necessary now. Right. So. Times have changed. And my parents, I mean, my dad's still great with the money. I mean, but I wouldn't want, he probably would love it because he's bored. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't plan on going before them. If I did, that would kill them. So <laughs> that should not happen. So Lisa, let, let's give the listeners um, maybe a, an action step, something they can take away today and uh, it would be useful for them. If there was one thing, one tip, one piece of advice uh, that they could act on today, what would that be? I think it's important to review your documents. Unfortunately, some clients think they've prepared their documents once and they're done forever. And that is so not true because of exactly the reasons we've been discussing today is people change, people get older, they get sick, they move away, you lose touch with them. You need to review these things 
we recommend every three to five years, just they may be perfect, but they may not. And you should be on top of it because if you don't update them, you're stuck with those documents. Hey, Lisa, if listeners want to follow you or learn more, where should they go? Todd, we, my office has, or my firm has a website. It's www.cousins.com. We have a wealth of information there, but there's all sorts of um, brochures and summaries and articles. So that's a great resource. And you can also reach me through that. Also, I'm on LinkedIn and I believe our firm even has a Facebook page, at least the last I looked. Oh, fantastic. Hey, Lisa, this has been great. Thanks for being on the Retirement Secrets Podcast. Pat, it was fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Hope to do it again. Love to have you back. Thanks for listening to Retirement Secrets. If you want to learn more about how to retire like you're a multimillionaire, please visit our website at yourfinishline.com. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. There is no assurance that the investment techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Alternative investments may not be suitable for all investors and should be considered as an investment for the risk capital portion of the investor's portfolio. The strategies employed in the management of alternative investments may accelerate the velocity of potential losses. Any guest speakers, along with the companies they are associated with, are not affiliated with or endorsed by Finish Line Financial or LPL Financial.